Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Melanie Weller. Melanie is the world's leading expert in opening the door to health, performance, and innovation through the vagus nerve, that bridge between our narratives and our physical experience. She is a storyteller for the human body, and she has extensive background in stress management, chronic conditions, and people who haven't yet found success. I adored my time with Melanie. She really shared some very innovative ideas and something that she calls evidence-based shamanism. I know that you're going to enjoy this episode. Melanie, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I have tons of questions for you. I'm excited for this interview for a lot of different reasons, but I I really feel we're going to have a juicy conversation today. Thank you, Casey. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I, let's dive right in. So talk to me a little bit about the work of a medical visionary. Medicine, well, I contextualize a lot of my both my work with clients over and patients over the years, as well as um, my role as a medical visionary in uh, with through the myth of Isis and Osiris. So I'll quickly recap that. So in the myth of Isis and Osiris, Osiris was the king of Egypt, Isis was his wife. And his brother Set was jealous and angry and wanted to be king. And so Set tricked Osiris into lying down in a bejeweled coffin, had his soldiers close the lid, nail it shut, and carry it to the Nile River and send him downstream to his death. Isis found out about this and went and found Osiris, retrieved his body, and breathed new life into him. She took him to a cave and brought him back to life. Set found out about this and was furious. And he found Osiris again and this time chopped his body into pieces and (laughs) scattered them all down the Nile River. Isis, when she found out about this, went and found all of Osiris's pieces. She was able to retrieve everything except his phallus. And for that, she made a new one. She brought him back to life long enough to conceive their divine child, Horus. And then Osiris went on to be king of the underworld, which for the Egyptians was where all life comes from and where all treasures were found. And we use dismemberment metaphors in our language all the time. We say we're falling apart. We can't get it together. Our hearts are broken. Our lives are shattered. We'd give our left arm for something that we really desire. Wow, we really do. Yes. And so, and while everybody, you know, if you look when you, I that story, I think, well, everybody probably thought Osiris was supposed to be the king of Egypt, but his true destiny was to be the king of the underworld. And he literally had to come apart to come back together in a new way. Mm. And medicine as an industry is incredibly challenged by how specialized and broken into sections it is. Mm -hmm. Medicine has a huge Osiris wound 
It's really deeply in the middle of it. And ISIS hasn't yet shown up to bring medicine back together yet, to remember uh, uh, medicine. But the cool part is, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I love to hear about like Greek mythology and the roots of things. But I think the cool part, and we're seeing this more and more, and I'd love your wisdom on it, is we are experiencing visionaries and thought leaders and people that are ready to have integrated medicine come up and rise and not be complementary or alternative. Absolutely. But really looking at it through a different lens. So talk to me about how you see not only what's happening in 2020, but some future projections of 2021 and beyond in this, in this realm. Oh, I think that, um, it, you know, one, I agree with you. I think that integrative medicine becoming more mainstream is absolutely one of the big ones. And for years, the lines have been blurring between like medicine and yoga and, um, medicine and acupuncture, you know, where those used to be really separate things. And now a lot of medical doctors will integrate, you know, integrate medicine, uh, acupuncture into their practice or they're on the weekends. I will tell you, they're all doing yoga classes, <laughs> you know, like they're practicing it in their own life for sure. Yeah. And so I do think that those, you know, that part of it is, um, is, is definitely blurring the lines. I think that there's, uh, a, a movement towards really looking at what the root of stress is that, you know, really seeing what, um, where stress comes from. We know that stress is the root of all disease and that's medically, that's out there statistically in mainstream mm -hmm. medicine, but we don't really dig very deep into what that actually means. And, yeah. you know, and so my work has really been, systematizing that in a way to bring it to medicine so that, and bring it to the general population too, so that you can really, uh, because story and stress live in the body in very prescriptive ways I found mm -hmm. over the years. And so that you can really systematize that. And I think in the, you know, while, you know, it's changed within large institutions is very difficult. There's a lot of inertia, you know, in any large organization and, you know, in, in large industries. And I think what needs, or my, my sense of what really is coming, you know, and what needs to happen is not so much transforming the existing one, but building a new one that makes the old one obsolete. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'd love to back you up a second because what you said is so valuable that I want you to unpack that for the listeners uh, when you talked about how we hold things in our in our bodies, in our mm -hmm. cells, and the systematized way that you can actually look at that prescription. Unpack that a little bit more for people because I, I know that that's a juicy piece. Sure, yeah. They, there, there are many layers of that from a structural level. So so I contextualize my, the structural level of my work around the vagus nerve. And your vagus nerve is your big stress and pleasure and inflammation mediating pathway. And it's involved in many, many things body. It is your body's biggest influencer. And when, uh, and it goes all the way from your brainstem down to your pelvis It innervates your vocal cords, your heart and your system. Uh, it sends from most of your organs up to your brain. You're most familiar with our vagus nerve. 
when we're about to do a public speaking engagement. <laughs> yes. And our, we get a lump in our throats and our palms sweat and our hearts race and our digestion shifts because those are all vagus nerve mediated functions. And we get that reaction because the vagus nerve has actually been dialed down. It's not firing as strongly. Like we've lost some of our grace under pressure mm -hmm. in those moments. And uh, the research around the vagus nerve is quite profound. How well your vagus nerve or how well the vagus nerve functions has predictive value for how long people with pancreatic cancer, cancer will live. It, uh, women with complete spinal cord injuries, meaning that they have no function below the level of the spine, you know, where their injury mm -hmm. is, can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation. Mm -hmm. And in, uh, for complicated, uh, for sisters and chronic pain, some chronic pain situations, neurosurgeons will implant a vagus nerve stimulator, usually at the level of the neck, because that's where it's visible. And they get great results with that. So in the research, they use a lot of vagus nerve stimulation as an intervention. And in that research, uh, vagus nerve stimulation has been shown to reverse the mitochondrial defects in cells that go with heart disease. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that amazing. is amazing. You talk about decompressing the vagus nerve. Yes. What does so, that mean? So trauma and stress always affect the voice and the breath and your vo we know that we know this you know through research and your vocal cords and your diaphragm are horizontal muscles they're horizontally in your body and so is your pelvic floor and certainly some people will lose bladder control in the midst of severe trauma mm -hmm. and so and when we get stressed or traumatized we give up rotation so like nobody gets stressed or traumatized and had walks with really beautiful, relaxed arm swing. We all freeze up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and so these horizontal structures are really the critical points where things get compressed. And so, and I contextualize a lot of this through the vagus nerve, but your arteries and veins and lymphatics also go through these horizontal structures. And so you literally, when, when these structures get out of the, like your diaphragm and your vocal cords, when these get out of balance, you are literally compressing all the flow within your body. And it, it makes so much sense. I've never heard it explained this way. It's fascinating. Continue. Thank you. And so first off is really to have these compression points. I, there's six, for me, there are six major ones. And uh, so first thing is to get these compression points just structurally open. And I have a, uh, if you go to my website, melaniewellard.com and sign up for my email list, there is a free, free video that's an hour long course that tells you how to decompress your own vagus nerve head to toe, how to evaluate it if you need it. And then what the intervention is as well. Wow. That's amazing. I will definitely make sure to put that link in the show notes because I love how we can provide tools for people to kind of be their own, you know, intuitive healer. Of course we need help and guidance, but I love that you have kind of a DIY Absolutely. approach for them to like <laughs> dip their toe in. Thank you. And so beyond the structural aspect of the vagus nerve and the physiological aspect of it, it is also the bridge between your story and your body. 
So when your story is stress and trauma, your vagus nerve is dialed down, you know, when that's the the script that's playing in your head and playing in your life. When your story is pleasure and grace under pressure and gratitude, things like that, your vagus nerve is dialed up. And this is where ancient wisdom, I think, really uh, has so much to give us. The ventricles in our brain that make cerebral spinal fluid look just like the ram's horns for Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. And the way your hyoid bone sits on top of your larynx and your throat looks just like the symbol for Taurus. And in astrology, Taurus rules the throat. Mm-hmm. And the symbol for Leo is the same shape as your aortic arch. And in astrology, Leo rules the heart. And so it works this way the whole way through the body. Oh, I love that. And you're an Aries, right? I am an Aries. Yes, I'm a double and, Aries. And I'm, and, I'm a, and I'm a Taurus. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm liking where this is going. Uh, yeah, that was actually one of my questions for you, which I will ask you after you finish your thought. But I'm really happy that you brought it up. Continue. So, and this works not only through Western astrology, the Vedas tell the story of our anatomy as well. Uh, you can, it works with Egyptian mythology and what I've, you know, part of how I ended up coming to this in the, uh, over my years of working with patients and I ended up very unintentional specializing in people that hadn't found their answers in other places, <laughs> And so uh, the, I ended up with a lot of complicated patients. And whatever was happening inside of their body, metaphorically out outside of their body. And I think the only rule we ever really follow is as a below. Yeah. That we, and I think, one, that this is literally just how the cosmos is coded into us, that, you know, on a fractal scale, like even within our cells are structures that... Uh, are, are the same shape as the constellations. Isn't that fascinating? That's it's amazing. so fascinating. Yeah. And, and so I think that there's this, so when I think about alignment, like for example, in a structural sense, a lot of times what I'll see is that people are in their right side of their diaphragm is uh, more restricted than the left, or that's a, often, that's a common place where, uh, where people are hyper, the, the muscle is hyperactive. And in, uh, and so and why people, is that? Why is that, Melanie? Well, so in all humans, we have more muscle mass on the right side of our diaphragm than on the left. Some of it because most of us are handed. The liver is over there, much bigger than you probably imagine it is. And your body will just lay down more tissue over, you know, when it has, a, has the stimulus there, you know, of the, the interface with the liver to do so. Sure. And so I see people, you know, a lot of people, they'll have a low right shoulder. They'll be a little bit rotated to the right. And, but when I think about where they're misaligned, you know, and the structural exercises sometimes work, you know, very often will work great for getting, for resolving that situation. But on a bigger scale, the earth below us and the solar system above us are all spinning the opposite direction. So when we're locked down to the right side, we are literally resisting our alignment on a much bigger scale, I believe. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about alignment and what happens if we're even slightly out of alignment? Like what are the consequences of that? Well, we are, our bodies are master compensators. I mean, a slight misalignment thing is not going to necessarily show up 
symptomatically, mm-hmm. you know, or it's not going to show, it's going to, it'll show up in subtle ways. You know, by the time somebody comes to me, for example, for back pain, they are not moving correctly at their big toe, their ankle, their knee, their hip, their rib cage, their neck, and their skull. And so they have no shock absorption above or below where they're having their pain. So it's been a layered process that's happened in like a sequential order before it physically manifests and they come to you. What about from an energy standpoint of misalignment? From an energy standpoint, yeah. If paying attention to the energy is definitely where it will show up, uh, where it shows up first. And sometimes it shows up as a a physical symptom. I think it can show up as anxiety. I think it can show up just as an uncomfortable feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and the, uh, uh, you know, and it works this way. It can show up as a, I'll say it'll show up as a, a block to flow. Like when, and especially when you get like a repetitive pattern, you know, like when you start seeing the same thing over and over, you start just noticing little, um, uh, you know, like I'll say just you know, like right now and one of those things that I'm paying attention to, I haven't had, like, I, I have treated a lot of people with concussions over the years, but I have a lot of people coming to me right now, both not just as clients, but also as um, a meeting kind of in a professional sense with that have had traumatic brain injuries. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Like I haven't had traumatic, you know, I haven't seen that. What is that telling me? Hmm. You know, is that, you know, telling me something I need to know for myself? Is that a door that I need to open professionally that there's some, you know, I'm getting, seeing this pattern. And so working with it to think about how, like telling me so that instead of me going, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. And then, and then I literally end up with a concussion myself to get the point that I need to do something with this concussion TBI community. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Because like, the universe will tap you on the shoulder and then it'll, if you don't <laughs> listen, it'll shove you a little bit. And then it will sometimes literally hit you. <laughs> I honestly just had that happen. And um, it's been something, you know, really that's dovetailing into this conversation and where my mind was going, thinking about the energy alignment. I've been an entrepreneur for almost three decades full time. And so many years I have struggled with over delivering and pushing you know, and adrenal fatigue and burnout. Yet that's a big part of my mission is business without burnout. And many times when I reflect, I'm like, am I out of alignment, even a couple degrees because I haven't quote unquote perfected that or got that balance yet I'm teaching how to get that balance. And so I'm always so, so very interested about progress over perfection and really staying true and in integrity to your message. And when you talk about like knock, knock and no one's answering. And so you keep getting that like pattern or that exactly, message exactly. from the universe. This past uh, was, I think two and a half weeks ago, I fell down my whole flight of stairs. I've never wow. done that in my whole entire life. I, the minute my first foot hit the top of the stairs, I fell down all 13 stairs and I was like, okay, so now is my real message to slow down. Yes. to take a breath, to retreat, to listen to myself, to embody. So it really just goes in line with what you're talking about, about like paying attention to those messages. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? 
a place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com groups slash women developing brilliance and request to join my private women developing brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. On that same note, even though science and studies and research show that stress is the root of almost all of our diseases, Mm -hmm. Why do you think in general that humans resist even very simple stress reduction tools and modalities? Like, well, what's our problem? Sure. Well, we're all wired for what's familiar, not what's right, not what's good for us. So for example, that's why women go back to their abusers because we're so wired for and pain and pleasure are processed in the same parts of the brain. And Sometimes we're as, you know, I think we end up like really addicted to pain and not necessarily in sort of the physical sense, but we are certainly stuck in our story, you know, a particular story. And in the research, the difference between acute, subacute pain and chronic pain, and I suspect that this would also apply to chronic limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. you know, or any kind of chronic pattern sort of thing, it, is that chronic pain is stuck in your limbic system, which is where your emotions are. And so you need an emotional key to get it out of there. You cannot logic or uh, like technical talk yourself out of your limbic system. It has to be a story. It has to evoke emotion. And yeah. I, like I, the, all the leading pain experts will tell you that they get really excited when somebody cries or gets angry when they explain pain to them because they know they're going to get better. It's the people with a flat affect that they worry about. That makes so much sense. I love that you're talking about the limbic system. We have a ton of aromatherapists that listen to the show and essential oils, as we know, have an intimate connection with the limbic system and Absolutely. our emotional system and our memory patterns. So uh, yeah, you're speaking our listeners' language. I'm loving yeah. it. I learned recently that the same kind of cells that line your nose also line our genitals. And so smell, you know, like it really connects that second, it's that kind of second to fifth chakra sort of uh, connection, Connection, yeah. you know, which for me is also the vagus nerve, you know, and smell is so potent. And, you know, like I know, like, you know, I have fallen in love over how someone smells. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, you know, that's such a, and I know that's a, I know I'm not alone in that. That's common. 
Yeah. I'm really curious, especially as crisis and chaos has been on the rise and people have, many people have lost their footing, lost their direction because there's so many things happening at the same time that it's easy to spin out and and actually even kind of lose some clarity and direction in that. um, What's something that they can do that can kind of calm that chaos, calm that fight, flight, or freeze um, natural response that we have? Uh, one of my favorite things, and I go into a very specific uh, posture in which to do it in the video, but it's just inhaling into the backside of your heart. Your vagus nerve can get compressed towards the backside of the chest, and uh, we will tighten down because of inflammatory conditions like diabetes and what, you know, and like sugar consumption will get you to tighten down on the backside of your chest. And one of my, and so one, into that part of you really important just for creating this space physically. My favorite quote is from a tribe in the Andes Mountains in South America, and they say that your future is behind you, propelling you forward, mm. and your past is in front of you, waiting for you to make peace with it and clear your way. And I wow. love this idea that our future has our back and that we can really like breathe into it and feel into it and get it to come to us and support us. And so while you're doing something really great structurally for yourself by breathing into the backside of your rib cage, I think it's also metaphorically very good for bringing good things and good energy and helping you navigate your path and purpose in life. That is gorgeous. I love how it flips the script because typically our past can hold us back, create blockages and decompression and almost act like an anchor or a weight. So this whole quote, it's so simple and beautiful, but it's profound because just knowing that right source energy, the universe, your your whole past has your back, like your future has Absolutely. your back. Your future has your back, yeah. right. I think future just chasing your, your future out in front of you is like is not really, you know, that's, that's kind of the pathology that like to let your future support you and get you where you need to go rather than chasing it so much. And so when, if, if there, a listener is going, okay, well, that sounds good to breathe into the back of my heart or, or, but how do mm-hmm. I do it? How can we give them just a few tips to simplify that? Sure. So, um, in, uh, it, it, it can be weird and you can maybe, uh, it can be helpful to lie on your bed or stand against a wall or something like that. Or to, if you have somebody with you to have them put their hand on the backside of your heart so that you can breathe into their hand, having a physical cue there is a nice oh, I like that. thing to help out with that. I have people take their right hand and uh, put it on their left shoulder. So their elbows pointing forward and put their left hand in the small of their back and do it in that position. So you inhale, and then I'll have them inhale for a count of five. I have them do the breathing in a Fibonacci sequence math because that's the math of the cosmos. So I have them breathe in, inhale for a count of five, and then hold the breath for a count of eight, and then exhale for a count of 13 or as long as they can. Oh, that's very, very interesting. I've had uh, guests share the box breathing and a couple other breathing techniques, but never in that kind of mathematical sequence. So I'm sure there's some kind of something underneath work- that that's kind of mystical. I, I, I think so. And there's so like there's research around like what four, seven, eight breathing or something like that for helping people sleep. You know, and so mm-hmm. three, five, eight would be 
the like bringing the Fibonacci sequence down one level. If you you know for people that can't do the five eight thirteen, I'll have them do the like inhale for a count of three, hold for five, and exhale for eight. So it's in that like there is something in that um, you know it's not too different <laughs> than yeah some no think, I where think there's research I think that's to support I think that. that's awesome yeah. I'm loving and, that and. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, can I start? I just want to circle back um, or when you get for, uh, you know, the other thing that I think can be really helpful and um, is t- like with, because the, the stories are so great, you know, and like looking, you know, thinking about which part of your body is the problem and looking at the story that's there, but sometimes really stripping a story down to its essence and sort of taking all actual language out of it can be really helpful. So like, could you give us an example of that? I can. Yeah. So like when people, uh, like, so people come to me with a lot of neck stress or a lot of, you know, headaches and things like that. So I'm, uh, from a spiritual level, I might talk about that, that that's like your Aries compressed against your choice, you know, like the head, the throat, you know, those are the stories that, um, you know, like the two Western astrology stories, at least that are in, in there. And so I, and I can imagine them kind of like, you know, when they come out of alignment with each other, that that causes some tension within the body. And, but really that's about your heroics versus your desires. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are the hero being the hero in someone else's story and not their own, you know, and I think this is a very universal thing women can relate to because certainly the hero in our partner's stories very often and in our children's stories and we aren't always the hero in our own That's story. Huge. That is absolutely huge. It's one of my favorite topics of being the leader versus the cheerleader. And I, I think that that's just something that um, we many of us, myself included, need healing around because it's so, so very common. And I think that now is such an exciting time. It is kind of the year of the pivot. We're hearing this everywhere, but it's really to step into our personal power, you know, and really dissolve playing small. And I love the fact that you help people amplify their influence. And I can see how all of this is connected and really getting to those root wounds that you have so you can literally shine and make an impact. I think that that's just, um, so very juicy. Like I I really commend you for the type of work that you're bringing into the world. And if someone's interested in working with you, can you do it remotely or is it something that has to be? Absolutely. No, I work, uh, most of my clients are are remote and I work with using this vagus nerve model and also to assess and flow within their business with it, you know, that you can apply this in many, many different ways. You know, our businesses all have a voice and a heart and uh, an elimination system, you know, and, you know, like we can really turn all of these um, processes into, you know, like into like to map your, what I help people do is map their business out like a body and then to see where that body needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that, you know, when you can take two different, um, categories and overlay them together. I think it brings some of the most innovative work to the field. I love seeing things under a different lens that you wouldn't ordinarily see it, but there's a lot of parallels. So that's, that's super cool. I think that people are going to really dig, dig that aspect in. I'll definitely, how can people get a hold of you? Cause I want to make sure to put that link in the show notes as well. Uh, 
Thank you. My website is melanieweller.com, W-E-L-L-E-R. And um, you can e- e- please email me. My email is ask at melanieweller.com. And all of my social media handles are at Embody Your Star. Ooh, talk, talk to me a little bit about what that Embody Your Star means to you, because that's intriguing. Well, I think with, uh, you know, if I was going to, a lot of my clients have, are very well versed in mindset techniques and have not really gotten quite the results they were hoping for. And I will, I would say that it's not about your mindset, it's about your body set. And so these archetypes that I've decided, you know, that it's really about how it lives in the body. Mm-hmm. And we are all literally made of stardust, mm-hmm. you know, our, you know, our bones are phosphorus from ours. So all of these elements, you know, like literally come from the stars. And I, you know, and the more we can fully embody uh, our cosmos, you know, and match our internal cosmology to the external cosmology, that I think that's really where the magic happen. That's so cool. I just recently shared a quote on my Instagram that said she is made of moonbeams and stardust, but I didn't really realize that was literal. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's literal. It's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Oh well, wow. That's it, awesome. Yeah. My it, other fav- favorite fact is that when, uh, if you took all of the particles from all of the like eight octillion atoms that we have in our bodies that like you would fit on the of a pin and all of humanity would fit into a sugar cube. Whoa. You know, so we're mostly empty space. (laughs) That is intense. Yes. All the magic happens in between, in between. I love that. Wow. This has been so fun. I really feel like I could speak to you for hours uh, I love that you shared some practical tips, but if you wanted to leave some inspiration, some bright light wisdom as we close out, what would you like to share with the listeners today? Oh, I would say, um, other than, well, my favorite thing is always that the universe has, has your back is that quote, but um, really, uh, know that you are so much like you are not a fragment, like you are the whole thing, you know, that you are not just one thing, you are everything. And, you know, we certainly come here with, you know, different strengths and whatnot. But I think this very, um, uh, like in Siberian shamanism, they say you have seven spirit twins, that you're the healer, magus, teacher, warrior, protector, messenger, or executor. And I think really you're like, we are all of those things at every level, you know, and you might walk through, you know, I identify very much with the Magus, the kind of high priestess piece of it. And I certainly teach like the high priestess and I uh, execute like the high priestess and whatnot. But I think that just really know that you have everything within you. And you look to, like a priestess too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Yeah. But it's the, you know, but to really show up in that, um, you know, but you really are, uh, you know, you are the whole. You're not just the part. Or you're the part and the whole. You know, that you can yeah. be the, the teacher and the whole. And you can be the warrior and the whole. And, you know, but you're so much more than, you know, anyone has ever told you you are most likely. 
That's beautiful. And I think so, so many people need to hear that. I think the root, like we talked, stress being the root of so many of the illness and disease, I think worthiness and lack of valuing and knowing our enoughness is the root of so many of the things that hold us back. So I love that you're leaving people off with that empowered wisdom, which is truth. Like the whole of the macrocosm is within you in the microcosm. And that's just a beautiful thing to lean into. So you are a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a bright light in the world. And and yeah, I just can't Um, wait to see more of you. Thank you so much, Casey. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Take care until next time. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.